Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I will be doing the second of my Dylan Discourse solo podcasts, uh, where I record driving to or from work. Um, I'm going to talk about some topic in depth, uh, more of a di- more of like a monologuing from me than our usual discussion. Uh, the other notable thing about these podcasts is that the audio, qu- audio quality is going to be lesser than our other ones. It probably sounds fine right now, um, but in like five or so minutes when I turn on Thighway, definitely going to hear uh, the car's engine and all that stuff. So I'm aware it's not great, but uh, it's kind of these are like easy to record, uh, casual Dylan uh, talks for half an hour while he's driving. So today's topic is... Um, I'm going to be ranking all seven Avatar and Korra season finales. So I haven't talked about... We haven't talked about Avatar Korra on the podcast in a little bit since the anniversary in December. Um, I thought of this topic today, and it seems um, kind of a good way to pass uh, half an hour or so while driving, uh, talking to you about this. I think I feel like a lot of you want more Korra or Avatar discussions. So I feel like this is good. Um... So, as you can see, uh, as the sound turns up, the audio quality is going down a little bit. Do let me know what you think of these. Uh, Is the audio quality good enough? Um, Like, what do you think of the type of podcast it is, etc., etc.? I need to try to remember to talk loud enough so I can talk over the uh, engine and the turn signal as it was there. Um, And also let me know if you have topic ideas. Uh, Anything you think I could talk about for um, an extended period of time. Basically, it doesn't have to be about animation. These are the only types that I'll probably do that are off-topic. My first one was on the Oscar Best Picture nominees, and um, Spotlight won, by the way. I was pretty happy about that. And, um, yeah, so send me send me your feedback, overlyanimated.com, and I'll get into uh, more on that and stuff at the end. So let's, let's get into this topic, ranking the Avatar and Korra season finales. So... If you've listened to me for a while on uh, this podcast or the From the Sport World podcast, then me ranking uh, episodes is not new. I have a extensive Avatar and Korra uh, episode combined ranking list. I mean, I originally had an Avatar one, and I had a Korra one, Korra one, now I've combined them into Avatar and Korra. Um, or I did, you know, like a year ago when the show ended, uh, over a year ago now. It seems, it's, it seems kind of crazy that it's been you know, a year, three months since, uh, Korra ended. That's, that's kind of not believable, but here we are. And, uh, so basically you should probably, you, you probably already know the, my general thoughts on all the finales. I guess the twist here, first of all, it's not really about the ranking. It's just kind of an excuse to discuss, uh, the finales again. I'm coming up on some finales for a lot of shows I watch. Uh, I mean, I don't know that a lot, but it's always finale time now with, with uh, t- weird TV schedules, and I was thinking about doing like a series finale one after Gravity Falls ended, and I still might do that one, but this seems like uh, a way to get into just Avatar and Korra. And, um, but the twist here is that like I'm going to be considering both parts of the finales, so my episode ranking lists just uh, just list individual episodes, and finale these finales uh, for all but one of them are consist of two episodes. Um, so I'm considering both parts, and in the case of the Avatar series finale, um, all four parts of it. I previously ranked the last episode of the Avatar series finale kind of as one thing, the last two episodes combined as one. This time I'll be also considering, um, parts one and two of Sozin's comments. So, it's, it's different, I mean, I don't know, I, okay, here's the thing. With these podcasts, I have no outline in front of me, literally driving, so I'm just gonna be spewing thoughts... Um, who knows, I don't know my, I didn't, I thought about this, like, a little bit at work, um, but I didn't extensively consider what my rankings would be like. I know, I immediately was able to say, okay, here's how I would rank them if it was just the last episodes of every season, because I've done that already, but I don't know what, uh, factoring in the second to last episode's going to do. So now I'm in the left lane of 95 North, and this will be much easier now I can focus on talking. Okay, so... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, uh, what the rankings can be like. I know what's going to be first, and I know it's going to be last. Uh, <laughs> book two, of course. So, what, uh, 
what's in between, I'll try to figure it out as I talk, and I'll present the final list at the end. I'm going to go in order from best to worst. Um, yeah, and this is, I guess this is supposed to be like a best list. I have my biases, but I'm trying to rank objective quali uh, critical quality here, which is not really a thing. So this, I, I, it's not me purposely saying, okay, these are my biases, these are my favorites, right? These are just what I think is like the best uh, overall, all the components. Um, there's definitely like a general theme we're going to get into with uh, these Avatar and Korra season finales, which I've talked about on the podcast before. Probably I'm not going to say anything new. <laughs> I podcasted like... A uh, hundred, what was it, a hundred fifty-something times on, maybe it was less than that, on uh, Avatar and Quran from the Square World. I don't have much new to say. And I also haven't rewatched the show recently. That's the other thing. These are based on my memories. Like, I didn't rewatch all the finales for this. Um, I'm not going to be doing that for these types of podcasts. These are more casual discussions. And um, so it's, I, I might, like, be misremembering. Um, I'm not going to misremember. I know these, you know, I know what happens but like, I mean, I might not be, I might not be picking up on uh, nuanced things that I would pick on, uh, pick up on now if I rewatched. Um, like opinions always change. My opinions of things are constantly changing, even though I generally like the same things as a while ago. I think I see them in different ways as I get older, and I think that's true of everyone. I hope that you, I hope that like we would not consider our opinions such so stagnant that we would not be able to reevaluate things general philosophical point like embrace change in yourself as a person because you are changing and you're not the same person as like five years ago okay so um yeah that totally relates to uh avatar and core season finale so let's let's rank these so um first uh and again i reserve the right to change this at any point if i talk myself out of it like i literally will probably talk myself out of a ranking um because this is this is for me like talking on podcasts a lot of times is just a more uh, concentrated and developed form of um, like me thinking about something. It's just it's it's easier to focus when you're saying it out loud and um, it's also discussions talking with uh, talking it out with other people helps too. But here I'm gonna be probably probably will uh, develop my thoughts as I go along. So number one, um, no surprise here. I think the best episode of Avatar Korra is Siege of the North Part Two of Avatar Last Dive Under episode 120. So I'm going to rank 119 and 120. Of um, So a note on the production numbers, if you're unfamiliar, I'll try to say the episode titles too. This is the only show I'm that, like, nerdy about that I know all the production numbers. That's how I primarily refer to the episodes. If it's a core episode, I'll say K and then the production number. And then for the Avatar episodes, there's just no K, so that's how you know it's an Avatar episode. So 119 and 120. Um, that's how the creators do that, by the way. That's I'm not me making that up. Um... Yeah, so I think Siege of the North Part 2 is just the best episode they've ever done on the show. Like, it's kind of got it all, and I need to rewatch it. Like, I say that uh, I say this every year. I, just, I need to rewatch the, the season one finale. Um, it's kind of remarkable that they... It's, it's kind of like they peaked a little early. I mean, there's a difference between um, season finales and the rest of the episodes. They definitely didn't peak in terms of normal episodes until book two, but... Uh, books... The books one and two finales of... Um, of Avatar stand apart from the rest of the ones listed here, and I guess we're already... I'll, I'll present the thesis for this typical uh, talking point I give on um, on this, uh, if, you've, if you've listened to me talk about Avatar and Korra before. But basically, the Avatar 1 and book, books 1 and 2 finales were written by uh, Aaron e. Haas instead of Mike and Brian. Um, now, if we're incorporating the episode before the first one, before the last one, then you bring in uh, Mike and and or Brian, too. So, um, although 119, I believe, was written by, uh, yeah, what's-his-face, the writer of um, Avatar Day, right? So, uh, this I think that was his best episode. I, I haven't talked about Avatar Court for a while. I'll, I'll remember as I go along. I'm, I blank on a lot of things here. Um, and usually I have, like, the Wikipedia episode list up, so I can just instantly reference that, but I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so, and then Mike and Brian wrote uh, The Guru in Season 2. Uh, so, so the book one finale, it's, it's, and okay, the, the, so what's the difference between, and again, I'm sorry, all over the place, no outline and stuff. So the book one finale is, um, is written by Ernie Haas. Ernie Haas, uh, wrote a lot of the best, uh, Avatar episodes, the best written ones, um, whereas Mike and Brian, uh, Brian more in the writer's room for Avatar than Korra. Mike especially not a developed writer at this point in his career. And, um, 
it stands out, these two, from Avatar Book 3 and then all four core books in that this one is much more... Uh, Co much more competently written both of these both of them feature uh, like great plot developments that work in incredibly well in the context of the seasons um, none of the dialogue is bad <laughs> all of it's great like it's just so such an obvious difference between the Aaron written finales and the Mike and Brian ones uh, Mike and Brian get like much better at it by the time Cora comes around uh, and by books three and four they uh, they outdo a lot of the Aaron episodes, obviously, but um, like basically, there's large parts of the Korra books three and four's finales which match up to the Avatar book one and two finales in terms of um, quality of writing, but it takes them a while to get there. So definitely, the Avatar book fin book one finale stands out. Um, just it's it's kind of just. Uh, jammed pack full of, uh, stuff happening. Uh, so, so it's, it's a little hard to distinguish. Like I said, it's better written, but kind of the characteristic of a Mike and Brian written finale is that it's like, got, and this was kind of the talking point until book three. Um, so it's, it's, it's updated now that they grew out of it, but a little bit, a little bit. It's just like a lot of cool stuff happening, a lot of, uh, impressive fight sequences, but not a lot of dialogue at all, and not a lot of good dialogue or good, um, just, uh, even, even, there's just not much substance even in terms of the story in these. Um, like, you look at the, I've, I've said this many times, you look at the Avatar series finale, those last two episodes, really, really not any dialogue that stands out at all in terms of being, <laughs> having, like, any substance. Like, even the epilogue, which is great, is super general. Um, and that's on purpose. That's clearly a decision that Mike made right now. Like, that, uh, and he, they made it again in the core finale. And that'll be a discussion for the series finales one of these. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just not much there. Then the, the Korra book one finale is different because they're doing more stuff. But, like, that none of that stuff is good. Uh, it's, it's, it's like they one of their favorite things is writing, like, a backstory episode, so they do that in the Korra Book 1 finale in the episode before, and, like, that's good, but it's unsatisfying in the context of the season, and then the Korra Book 2 finale is nonsensical, right? So there's three in a row which really just are not well-written. Like, I seriously maintain that the Avatar series finale is not well-written. Like, it ends up being incredible, and it's going to be high on this ranking list regardless because, I mean, it's just so iconic, like, the Agni Kai, the, and the, um, Angos I fight like those are just some of the best uh, fight sequences uh, in animation ever produced in America right just probably even two of the best maybe even like one and two on the list like it's it's just it's it's they hold they hold up well I mean you would love to see them in HD now but um, I also think that's it's starting like I don't know how much uh, side note on that I, I my, my number one Avatar merchandise item desire is still definitely an HD remastered Avatar collection because watching Avatar again now kind of sucks watching it in uh, 480 or 360 or whatever it's in and it's it's a noticeable difference between the 1080 of Korra. Korra just is so gorgeous and then you look back on Avatar and um, the animation first of all the animation's worse on Avatar uh, regardless of output like uh, quality but it also is just it's also just that the, uh, it's also just that it, we're not, like, seeing it in as much detail, and if they, and I've, I don't know, at some point someone told me, and it's not from, like, a reliable source, that the, uh, secondary studio episodes of Avatar could not be remastered into HD, but maybe the JM animation ones could. Um, I don't know if that's true, but, like, it doesn't seem like we're ever gonna get this. You could probably touch it up, like, at, to some extent. Anyway, the the qual yeah the animation quality of Avatar is a significant hindrance, I believe, to rewatching, in my opinion. Ha now, how how did I get on that subject? That's what I'm thinking. I like I, I it's like okay, Dylan, launch into your uh, talking points about the uh, desire for a remastered version of Avatar. But how did I get there? I am not sure. So, um, oh yeah, I was saying that Mike and Brian have those the Avatar series finale, some of the best fight scenes. And it's like, even, like, yeah, it's like, even though, um, 
even though those scenes like aren't in great quality, they're still, I think, going to hold up. Oh yeah, and I was going to make the point that I'm somewhat skeptical now about this um, kind of, uh, again, all over the place, I'm sorry, but somewhat skeptical about this uh, overall talking point of like, uh, oh, I just, I wish it was uh, remastered and like the stuff now is going to hold up, but like Avatar just missed the cutoff of like going to hold up into the future. Like, now there's 4K out, and it's like our output qualities are just going to increase. And to a certain extent, like, how much better can you look than 1080p, right? So, I, I think probably not that much. And I'm not an expert in this uh, technology subject, but probably not that much better. But at the same time, like, looking back on stuff now, it's not going to look great 20 years from now, right? So, I, I, I just, I don't think that it's like Core is going to hold up incredibly well and Avatar's not. I think that they're both going to degrade. Um... Still, I think, I, I mean, what, Avatar's not going to be watchable in 20 years, right? I still think that it will be. And, um, and Avatar, I mean, this is a separate subject, like, the legacy of both of them. Briefly, though. Avatar works better as, like, a, as like a series rewatch. Uh, it's more iconic as of now. Korra's going to look better overall and has potentially more pertinent themes to the future. It's hard to tell. But, uh, yeah, um, generally the thought process is that Avatar, uh, is, like, this iconic thing that's gonna hold up really well, and Korra might not be, but no one's really as high on Korra as I am, and our group is right, like, basically the point we ended up, and if you haven't heard me talk that much about Avatar and Korra before, like, the point we ended up is that Korra ended up being just as good as Avatar, which is kind of crazy to think about, because I always said Avatar is the best series ever, so... Like, that's how good Korra Books 3 and 4 were. I'm also probably one of the highest people um, on Korra Book 4, which I think was um, also extremely good. Not as good as Book 3, but extremely good. So, uh, yeah, that, that lets you know how high those two finales are going to be on this list, too. Basically, Korra Books 1 and 2 were 6 and 7 on the list. Uh, Avatar uh, Book 1 finale is number 1, and then it's like everything else is kind of hard to tell. Um... So, yeah, this Avatar book one finale. Look, Way says I have an hour, four minutes left on my drive, and I'm already, like, 15 minutes into this. This is going to be a while, so maybe I'll just talk for the entirety. I also have, like, a headache, and um, my and I assume my, my throat's not going to make it, although I do have water here. Um, so I'm in traffic, so now maybe I'm speeding up, and it's, the sound quality is going to go down. Uh, but, so, this finale, like... I think, I think how I started talking about this is that it's like, what's the difference between the Avatar season one finale and the rest of the finales that Mike and Brian write? Like, from my perspective, Mike and Brian, especially Mike, have been basically trying to reproduce the Siege of the North every single time. It's like, awesome stuff happens, uh, big moments for character arc, climaxes, the biggest fights of the season. Like, Aaron just nailed the Avatar season finale, yeah, speeding up, quality goes down. Av Aaron nailed the Avatar season finale archetype on his first try. Like, it's just, and it hasn't, it didn't get any better. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing, because this is probably my number one TV episode ever, Siege of the North Part 2. I mean, there's a lot of contenders for that, but um, it's, it's just, it's so incredible because it maintains the element of the series finale of Avatar in that, uh, it, the element of the, like, epicness, the incredible fight sequences, and of course the fight sequences aren't as good in, uh, Avatar, the season one finale as they are in the season three finale and in Korra, books three and four. Obviously not, but it's still great. Like, you have some iconic fights, you have, um, Zuko-Katara fight, uh, what other fights do you have in this? You have the rematch, right? And, uh... I don't even know. So, I, I guess I probably might forget some stuff. But, but uh... It maintains the, like, epicness while still having super competent... Uh, super competent story. And, like, here's the thing with Avatar Season 1 finale and why it's... I think one of the reasons why it's so incredible is that the Avatar... Is the Avatar Season 1 finale is not wrapping up a season. It's more of wrapping up three episodes. Like, this is parts two and three of the best three-part arc Avatar did. 
that's because that's the thing. Once they get to the North Pole, there's not much to to wrap up. Like it's it's kind of a separate entity from the rest of the season. So I think that allows them to just set up and immediately pay off incredible things like Yue, just wonderfully explored. Um, Katara's uh, training, um, and uh, like that's a season-long arc, but specifically in um, the finales, uh, you can pay that off immediately, right? Um, you can do, uh, I don't even know, you can have this Zhao arc that like doesn't really work with the rest of the season. Like, if you just... It's, it's, you try to break out Zhao's arc in season one. Uh, by the way, obviously best arc in the history of television, obviously. But you take, um, you take pre-Waterbending Master and Waterbending Master post-plus, right? Like, it's, it's, it's a little, Zhao's randomly coming in, he's like, I want to make history, right? Like, there's not much setup for that. So, but what it is is pretty incredible, and it makes sense on its own internal logic. So I really think this finale benefits for just capping off this small arc as opposed to a season. Like, the rest of these finales have a lot more baggage to unpack, and a lot of them lose points for not being good in the context of the season, whereas this one doesn't because there's no context. Um, so yeah, uh, just everything with Zhao and the Moon Spirits is, um, like, I'm just thinking of everything that happens. Just Zhao grabbing uh, Tweet and Orla. See? did forget which one it was. Don't correct me on that. Like, I, I'll figure it out. Um, from the, you know, from the Spirits Oasis and everything going red, it's just like, that's, I've never seen anything better than that. Like, and look, this is nostalgia, for sure. This is my bias. Like, I'm trying to be unbiased, but just how do you get better than that? How do you get you, you better than UA going into the pool, to the Spirit Oasis, Spirit Oasis and like... Uh, her hair turning color, um, completely Aaron's plotline on that, and, like, uh, just Aang going into the spirit world is just iconic, and, like, that's my favorite version of the spirit world. We kind of had this discussion at some point during Korra books, either three or four, I don't remember which one, like, where, uh, the spirit world basically is just, like, not the same, no matter, depending on which, like, uh, period of the show you look at, of both shows, like, the spirit world presented in 107, uh, is, like, not even, like, its own world, and then you get into, uh, this finale, and they're like, okay, let's redo the spirit world, let's make it awesome, and it is awesome, and Ko is the best thing ever, we, we talk about Ko, Ko is, they've never replicated the awesomeness of Ko, like, you get kind of close with, um, what's-his-face Owlspear, right, and I'm not, it's not that I don't know, I just blank on things, um, and Wan Tong, right, and, uh, you get kind of close with him, but just Ko is just is so iconic, so incredible. How do you beat that? Like, it's the vision of the spirit world that they present, and it's not large, it's just like Aang goes in, sees Roku, talks to the baboon spirit, uh, go away, and like, uh, that's my iconic line of the, of the finale, yeah, totally relevant. And just everything is with the, uh, Ko's story of, uh, spirits, um, and, uh, the to the moon and the ocean, learning the origin of water bending, just like, just all that stuff. It's it's nothing's. The here's the thing, all of this is story and characterization. That's the thing. That's why this finale is so good. It's not just an epic fight. Like epic fights are great on their own, and this finale would be head and shoulders the best one if it had like the the. Uh, Azulo, Zuko, Agni Kai in it, right? Like, that level of quality of fight. But the epic moments come out of incredible storytelling and characterization that we don't really get from any of these other finales except for probably my number two on the list, Avatar Book 2, right? Like, it's just... as Like, there's awesome stuff, and even the awesomeness of the Korra Book 3 finale... It's just, like, what compares to anything that happens here? It's just... It's so ambitious, this finale. It's so incredible. Uh, I thought of another element. Like, the the, the... the Zhao demise. So good. It's it's all so good. How how do you beat anything, like, that I mentioned? It's just... It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, so that's my defense of that one. And... I'd love to... And I don't think rewatching it helps that much, because... 
you just get into it again and it's not, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do a super competent analysis of it, but it's not like it's doing anything like super deep. That's the thing. It's just doing remarkable, uh, remarkably competent and excellent storytelling in a, on a, in a short amount of time on an epic scale, uh, continuing the show's mythology uh, expanding it because like every, the, all the waterbending stuff they get into all the spirit world stuff they get into it's all new and it's all like presented there and it's just like the right amount of like mythological expansion and uh, enacting upon it in the right way and like and still having like these big moments happen that are based off of that but also based off of the characters that were established it's just the perfect season one finale um, in the context but I also think it would be perfect as like the finale for any season just like tweak for so there you go. That's my number one. Um, the uh, 119 and 120. 119's also incredible. 120 is the best, but 119 is also incredible. So, uh, I mean, Azula always lies. Like, Zuko's stuff in this one's great, too. Okay, so number two, I'm going to say, and I might change my mind on this, I'm going to say the Avatar Season 2 finale. Um, the problem with this. Like, I know that Crossroads of Destiny is second out of the, all the finale episodes. It goes 120-220. But not, like, there's, low, there's a few episodes in between, but they are finale episodes. The problem is that 119 is here. Or 219 is here. And 219 is not great. But it, it's good, but not great. So it's like, I'm gonna, what I'm gonna try to consider is, like, evaluating it, the finale as a whole. And, um... 219 is clearly inferior to 220, which has just the culmination of uh, Zuko's arc in season two. Talked about this at length on uh, the old podcast, but that's the best single season arc of either show, of any one of any shows I've seen. It's incredible, and just the twist is like so well set up and so well handled, such great logic for that character. It's so wonderful. Um, just incredibly uh, presented uh, direction-wise, storyboard-wise. Um, Azula's involvement in the finale of both of these parts is all incredible. Um, even, like, the small interactions with uh, Mei and Tai Lee in this and uh, Sokka. Um, you have the incredible moments between Aang and uh, Iroh, and then the payoff with uh, the betrayal. Um the only thing to consider, like, all of that's incredible. Like, this is just a small step behind the season one stuff that I mentioned before. Incredible storytelling, again, with the mythological expansion within the finale. Um, like, I feel like that's not even... that. I feel like that's kind of an element, thinking about it, that's kind of an element that get, that gets lost once you get to Korra. It's just like... And they, they attempted in Korra Book 1, I guess, but it's more of paying off, like, a mystery arc. Um... Whereas it's, like, presenting these new elements, like, all of the Aang Chakra stuff, which is completely irrelevant the rest of the series, right? So, uh, and you, the problem with the Chakra stuff and the, uh, uh, all of, all of the spirit, uh, all of, uh, the, uh, going to the Avatar State stuff, right, is, um, is that it ultimately is no payoff. The payoff is in that awful, awful... Uh, rock into backs, uh, D.O.X. Machina in the Avatar, uh, series finale, right? So, all of it looks bad in, in retrospect. It was fine, though. It, in the context of just these two episodes, it works, like, fine. Like, I think it's decent for Aang's character arc. I don't think of any of it's incredible. Like, Mike and Brian write that episode, and it's not as good as they think it is. Um, but it's, it's fine, and, um, it works really well in tandem. I think overall, just, like, the, the elements with, uh, with the betrayal and the and the uh, you know just the lightning just how incredible it is the avatar the uh, earth kingdom has fallen at the end it's just it's also wonderful and I think that's enough to propel it into the two slot but let's see and I talk about uh, the number three so there's three options for number three right it's either the avatar series finale the Korra books three or four finale right so, in terms of my episode ranking, next would come, um, either, next I believe would come, uh, 320 slash 321 of Avatar. Um, 
but the problem is you have to include 318 and 319 into the Avatar series finale, which are clearly inferior episodes to a lot of the stuff we get into in Korra, Korra books uh, 3 and 4. So, uh, Korra book 4, it's first of the two parts as a really competent, uh, kind of super action-oriented uh, part one of the finale. Korra book... Three. What Dylan remembers what happened in Korra book uh, book three, part one of the finale. Um, will I remember? I'm honestly not sure. Let's let me try to think about it. But uh, so in general, I think that Korra book four finale is better than the Korra book three finale. Oh, okay, now I'm remembering the Korra book three, part one finale. So it had a lot of stuff with. Um, Cora's dad and all that, all that stuff, right? It was really good, actually. That episode was actually very good. I think it's... I'm trying to remember my uh, thought process on this. Is it better or, war, or worse than the... than... Uh, and also the production numbers are not as clear to me. As uh, four, Is 412 better or worse than 312, right? I think 312 is better. I don't know if that's what I think. But um, overall, I would say that the... Korra Book 4 finale comes out on top. So I'm going to rank the Korra Book 4 finale here. Um, because I really do think including all four parts of the Avatar series finale really bumps it down. And it's probably going to get bumped down to the 5 slot. Uh, but I, again, I might change that. So let's talk about the Korra Book 4 finale. Um, we're still only, only in quotes, a year and three months removed from it. So not as much space as like the eight years of the Avatar ones, right? So um, the Korra Book 4 finale is... Um, really just uh, competent, like, extremely, like, epic and competently handled. I'm now coming off of talking about, like, all the excellent plot stuff that Avatar Books 1 and 2 finales do. Uh, it's, it's like, starting to seem underwhelming in my head, but um, there's a lot of great stuff in in the Korra Book 4 uh, finales, both parts. I mean, part 1 uh, has the... Uh, absurd Colossus stuff, right? Uh, which is kind of cool. It's also absurd, but it's kind of cool. It has Hiroshi stuff. Um, we get, uh, some ep some great, uh, Varric and Julie moments. And then in the, uh, part two of it, we get uh, you know, of course, the incredible epilogue. Of course. The incredible scene with Korra and Kuvira in the spirit world. Uh, the incredible scene with Korra versus Kuvira inside the Colossus set. Oh my goodness, what a great fight scene. Wow. And, um, just all the other actions surrounding the Colossus also really great. Um, it's, it's, it's just all excellent. Um, and what stands out about this finale is, um, a lot of stuff, but one, let's say the culmination of Korra and Korra's arc, like the show and Korra the character's arc, which, uh, it's, it's like, it's impossible to separate either the Korra series finale and the Avatar series finale from, like, the emotional impact that they have and, like, the, being, being the end of these series, and, uh, Korra, the Korra, the Korra finale is kind of invaluable to a certain extent because of how, uh, like, emotional and incredible, and just the, the amount of, um, the amount of, like, personal impact associated with it. Um, I would say that I'm probably one of the people in the world who's highest on this finale, like, in terms of, um, I, I, I like, genuinely think this is, like, a top ten episode of either show, so I don't know if I ranked it there. Maybe I'm lying. Uh, but it's, 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 uh, Waze says, six-minute delay, a pothole on 95 North. I don't think that we're delayed because of a pothole, but thanks for trying, Waze. Um, so, uh, yeah, this trip's gonna be incredibly long, so me babbling is, uh, can only be good here. So, uh, yeah, I just, like, I think that this, uh, fin I think, uh, 4-13, right, is better, is, like, better than 313. Um, I think I do think that, right? Because <laughs> now I'm trying to remember what I've previously said and not contradict myself. I think that I have this ranked as the second highest episode of Korra, behind Korra alone only. Um, yep, it's it's hard to overstate how incredible the epilogue is. Um, it's better than the Avatar epilogue. Uh, a lot of people who like are 
don't ship Korosami or even people who are anti-Korosami are like, um, don't even think this episode's good, which is just like nonsense. Just like, look at it. <laughs> it's so incredible. That blog, uh, it's impossible to overstate, uh, the impact that Korosami finale had on, uh, me and the entire DF group at, uh, at the, at the time that it happened. It was, uh, so, uh, unexpected and impactful on, uh, many of us, and, um, it was also just, like, one of the better plot arcs in Korra, and giving an emotional, uh, an emotional, um, ending to that arc was also just really good. Like, uh, Korra and Asami's burgeoning, uh, romance in their previous friendship, right? Like, um, it's, it's just an excellent, uh, conclusion slash beginning, right? Like, depending on how you look at it to this, uh, to this arc, and it's, it's just so wonderful. Um, incredibly animated the end of, the end of the episode, just, like, it's, it's basically perfect. Um, I mean, you can criticize, like, should have been more explicit, you can criticize, like, uh, it's the, maybe you didn't like the way they do the time skip, I like it, uh, but, it's, it's, uh, that's one of those things that's, uh, untouchable to me, I think. It, I think there's enough time passed where I can say that that's, like, it's, it's too important, it's too incredible, um, and really, I'm not just rank, because I'm trying to rank on critical quality, I'm not just saying that based off of my perceived importance of the scene, I genuinely think it's, like, an incredible ending. Like, I think critical, objective critical-wise, that is a better ending than Avatar had. Avatar, like, played it super safe and, uh, paid off the... Uh, Katang arc, which wasn't, um, as well handled in book four, in, uh, book three of that series as Korosami was in book four. To some of you, that sounds, uh, like, I, I, like, I'm aware of how people think about, some people think about this, and that's probably, like, an absurd statement, but Katang was not well handled in the second half of book three, and Korosami was really well subtly developed, and, like, I would have liked it if it was slightly more explicitly developed, but... Seriously, just look at that arc in the context of, um, burgeoning romantic feelings based off of a, uh, established, uh, super deep established platonic bond, and, uh, looking at, like, when each one, uh, starts to develop romantic feelings for the other, uh, for, um, Asami was in book three, and then Korra, you start to see it around Korra alone, and it's, it's just, it's, it's so really good. <laughs> That's the thing. Like so much effort was spent on, like, fighting about people's reaction to it, uh, that I think people missed out on just the fact that this arc was really good. If you are able to see beyond the straight, you can see that this arc was just very, very good, and, like, it was a little spread out, so people, um, like, it's also kind of hard to recognize its quality from that perspective, I guess, but look, it's, it's just, it's one of, like, it's, I think it's, like, actually the second most successful long-term plot arc that Mike and Brian ever pulled off, like, it's, it's, like, Korra's character in the entire series of Korra, and then Korra and Asami's bond, right, like, they really are bad at long-term plot arcs, and this one, they actually pulled off, and they did it by being super, like, uh, subtle and patient with it, right? So, um, you could argue that that was only the result of circumstance, but I'm gonna give them the credit. So, uh, that's just incredible. I mean, just that's, and now I would want to watch the scene again. The music in that is so great. That's, that's one of the things, like, like, I really think that Avatar books one and two are very superiorly written to any of the rest of these finales I'm talking about, but it evens out because of production, and I've focused on fight scenes and animation quality, but even down to, like, Jeremy Zuckerman's music, just the scores of the ends of Korra's book three, books three and four are just absolutely incredible. So, it's like all aspects of production just get so much better in, uh, as you go along that it kind of evens out with the writing. And I barely ever say that because, uh, because characterization and, um, and, uh, you know, plot, uh, narrative, there we go, <laughs> that's the word I always say, narrative, are super important to me, but even, like, even for me, it does kind of even out, so that ending is just so incredible, Korra Book 4. Talk first, talking for a second about the Korra and Kuvira fight scene, um, it's one of my favorites ever, like, just, it's so remarkable, um, I, I, 
it's, it's like the, the creative setting and like the use of the use of the setting it's it's unparalleled in any avatar fight scene and um it's it's and it's like impossible to separate from another thing the finale does incredibly well which is concluding kuvira's arc um like overall the kuvira book four arc is like okay but in the finale it's just like very good um i think kuvira is just a very good villain overall and uh the payoff with Korra and Kuvira in the spirit world, although subtly written and, like, obviously Aaron would write it differently, right? It's hard to think. I'm directly comparing, right? So, um, I think that, like, at the time, like, right after, I was like, is this, was this good enough? And I think it is, but I'm still, like, slightly unsure on that scenes. The problem is that they just ignore so much of, uh, any, like, sort of philosophy with Korra and Kuvira, right? And then they just pay it off all in one scene. And that scene is gorgeous and it's, like, impactful. I think it does really work. Um, just the, everything with, like, the ray. It's, it's, what happens is so weird, but uh, just, like, the part of the uh, Colossus and then it's firing around and, like, Decimating City and the Spirit Portal, like, it's also weird, like, in terms of plot development. But, like, this is, like, the closest, I feel like, that they've gotten to recreating the Aaron... Uh, mythological expansion within, like, the big developments happening type thing. Um, the problem is, Aaron, and continuing on this discussion from earlier, Aaron, like, started this trend of, like, uh, having these big moments based off of new information. And then what Mike and Brian do is that they say, okay, uh, we can have big moments based off of new information, but they, like, don't set it up. That's the problem. Aaron, like, sets up the, uh, <laughs> the everything going red, right? And he sets up uh, anything with, like, uh, I don't know, were there even any duexes in, like, in the book one by and, like, spirit, uh, I didn't even mention, like, uh, spirit koi or whatever, right? Like, um, that's just, it all makes sense because he spent a lot of time explaining it. Like, he, he sets it up, he develops it. But Mike and Brian say, okay, that, they recognize these big moments are super important and super impactful, but they don't uh, take the time to to set them up as well. And um, to a certain extent, there's not much set up with, uh, like, any sort of spirit portal or anything, but it's not, like, important. It's just the emotional setup behind, um, the characterization setup behind how Korra handles it, how Kuvira acts in that situation, the conclusion of Kuvira's art. That, I do feel like they kind of started to approach, uh, like, uh, Aaron levels of storytelling in the finale. Um, this core book four finale, I just really think it's incredible. Like, that, uh, that last episode's so good. The second last episode of the season two is also good. Um, hard to, hard to overstate how much I love it. Okay, so there's the first three, and I'll stick with that. Um, let's do, I already said in my order now, the order's been set. Korra Book 3 finale ranks number 4 on this list. So, and by the way, I in terms of tiers, uh, I think that these first five are in a tier and then the last two are in a secondary tier, basically. Or Although I do think it's like the first five are in a tier, then the six is in a tier of its own below it, and then seven is in a tier of its own below that. So I'll get into that when I talk about the Korra's Books 1 and 2 finales. But the Korra Book 3 finale... Um, it's the last, again, the last five minutes of the episode, the epilogue of the finale. So incredible. Um, I've tried to talk about this before and, like, what they're able to do with, like, the emotional juxtaposition between Korra in the wheelchair and Janora's coronation, or coronation ceremony. Yeah, in, in my fanfics, yes. But in actuality, her uh, tattoo ceremony, right? Um, it's, uh... It's, it's probably the most... I mean, it was, like, until they, like, actually paid off the gay romance in uh, in book four at the end. Like, it was the most emotionally impactful thing that they've ever done on either show. And it still might be because um, the score on this one, I think, is even better. Maybe even better than... it's. That's the thing with these two scenes. It's like, take your pick. Both endings these episodes are the best things ever. Core of books three and four. Um, the This, this uh, last... This last scene also, like, it's, like, features my favorite character, Janora, in a prominent role like that, like, and it's not even about her, right? It's about Korra, but, um, 
it's like extra emotional because we're paying off like in the background we're paying off like this incredible Janora arc too I mean it's not that incredible I love Janora but that arc is not like incredibly handled although uh, in uh, book three uh, of course it is obviously it is uh, handled the best that it is um, uh, before she you know disappears um, in book four but like it's you have everything going on with Korra on top of it which is uh, incredible in its own right and you have that that uh, Janor in the background uh, ooh Bolin in the background in uh, book one uh, Bolin in the background .tumblr.com I think it probably still exists that's uh, we made that site by the way um and uh, for traffic freeing up ahead, I guess they uh, got rid of the pothole. So uh, yeah, it's it's that that those last five minutes. Just it's just like I need to rewatch it now that I'm talking about it. I've kind of handled the absence of Cora by like ignoring it. Um, that's why I haven't seen much coverage because it's just this gaping hole in my uh, like things that I'm attached to, things I get absorbed in. Nothing's gonna compare to Avatar and Korra in my life, like, ever in terms of media, right? So, uh, I'm just not going to be into anything like that. Like, it's a product of, um, me being younger and with Avatar and then the resulting, um, attachment with Korra and, uh, being in, immersed in the fandom and all my, and, like, many close friends also being in that, like, right? Like, it's, I'm never going to have that repeated. So I've kind of dealt with it by, like, ignoring it so I don't just feel... Uh, this, this, like, hole that you, like, you know, like, when you finish something that you're super sucked into, book, like, series, doesn't matter, right? And then you're like, what do I do now? Like, that type of thing. Like, I'm always, I'm gonna feel that for, like, five years. So I've, I've dealt with that by, like, ignoring it. It's like ignoring Cora a little bit. And now that I'm, uh, talking about it again, because I just randomly decided to today, um, it, it's, you know, it's coming, I, like, really want to watch the end of Korra book three again, the end of Korra book four, and the end of Korra book three, that's, that whole scene is just absolutely incredible. Um, I, I wonder if it gets demerits for not having, like, the Red Lotus, like, the Red Lotus are still out there. Um, I hope they talk, I hope that's a line in the comics, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's just incredibly wonderful, that entire thing. In the rest of the finale, too, the, the Korra and, um, and, uh, airbending, uh, Red Lotus villain, again, I blank on things, is, uh, that, that fight scene is, um, is incredible, and it's technically might be one of the best that they've done, um, I, I guess I like it slightly less than, like, I know Mel just, like, when we're on, uh, the subject, like, says, wow, that, just that whole thing, that whole scene, just, like, everything about Korra, uh, in that fight scene is, like, so incredible. And, um, I agree, um, I don't know, I'll, I'll take the Korra and Kavira scene in book four finale over it, but still incredibly wonderful. Um, in terms of the first episode of, uh, the fina of this finale, we have, what, when does, uh, Puli explode? Is that in the part one? Maybe. Everything with, uh, Korra's dad, uh, is, is great. We have Kavira <laughs> come in there, right? Um, and, uh, it's, the, that part one, I think, is very good. Like, it also has incredible fight scenes. It's probably, that part one's probably better than Korra before part one. Um, but yeah, just an incredible finale overall. Just, uh, like, it, it does probably lose a, a slight amount for not satisfactorily wrapping up, uh, long-term plot threads in that season. It's the same thing with the book four one, but to a lesser extent. I do think the Korra book four finale wraps up long-term plot threads better than the Korra Book 3 finale does, but, you know, even so, it's still, it's still obviously incredible. Starting to run out of steam, so let's move on to the Avatar series finale. I've talked about it a lot, um, Aang versus Ozai and the Agni Kai are just untouchable, incredible, obviously, the epilogue is incredible, um, again, talking about the Avatar series finale here, uh, I do think... 318 and 319 are not, like, untouchable. Parts 1 and Part 2 of Sozin Comet. Um, there's some great stuff there, but at the same time, they're a little bit underwhelming compared to the, uh, incredibleness of, uh, the other two parts of the finale. So I think that that, to me, would clearly make it less than these two core finales. Um, I, I think that, 
looking at it from like a long-term character arc perspective, this is this uh, these four episodes are supposed to pay off Aang's arc in a major way, and like I think it does. But I also think that they just did it so much better with Korra in the other two finales that we I just talked about. Um, the I don't want to kill Ozai thing comes out of nowhere, and I don't like that it comes out of nowhere. But I, in retrospect, I think I've said this before that I think it works great with Aang's character. Um, and I think the way it's handled also works great. Like, I would have preferred us to have any sort of concept of energy, energy bending before it happens, but, uh, the res- I, I think that it should not have been resolved in any other way. There's a lot of people that say, Aang should have just killed Ozai. No, like, you don't understand Aang's character, right? And I might do another one of these on Aang's character, because he's super important to me, but, um... It's it's that uh, I do like the resolution from Aang's character perspective. It's not as uh, deep as um, anything that is explored with Korra. You know those two finales. Um, obviously loses points for the awful uh, rocking back to X and the energy bending to X. Right? There's just like two terrible ones in a row. And um, I don't know. It, it's its own thing. It's it's the Avatar series finale. It's it's like what am I supposed to do? Criticize it? I've criticized it enough. At the same time, it's still incredible, one of the best things ever, so, um, it's just, like, I can't help but think, like, what if it was, like, well-written? It would have been truly the best thing ever if it was, like, actually well-written, right? But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I feel better about it than, um, than I do on, uh, than I do, like, when it happens. Like, when it happened, I was like, oh, no. Like, like this was great, but I'm never gonna get this back. I'm never gonna get this Av- a- Aang uh, Avatar State plotline back. I'm never gonna like see it paid off uh, in the way it should have been. And now, since Korra's ended, like I did see a, a, an Aang type arc played off like it should have been. Um. So, uh, so hold on for a second. Crash I-95 North past exit 43 MD100. Um, I'm exiting on 31 on 95 North. We'll see if that impacts me. <laughs> That'll be fun to, to figure out. Okay, so, um, yeah, so, like, I like I do feel better about it now, the Avatar series finale. Like, I think if you listen to the podcast, like, there's a lot of, like, regret in terms of how that happened, but, um... It's, it's, it, it works better now in context because it turned into Korra. Like, I can, like, look at, like, <laughs> Mike and Brian's development arc, right, <laughs> as creators. And that's uh, it's dumb. I'm, I'm being dumb, right? But uh, their, like, personal arc led into them creating Korra and uh, them growing as series creators and Mike growing as a writer and then him being able to produce uh, books three and four of Korra. And it's like, okay, if we need to sacrifice the plot elements of the Avatar series finale to get what we got from Korra, then I'll take it, you know? Like, I'll take Korra book two if it's what we needed to get Korra book stand for. Like, it's things are that good. So, I, I don't know. I feel good about it now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to talk about. I've extensively talked about the... It, it is what it is. It's the Avatar series finale. Let's get into the two clearly worst ones on this list, starting with Korra book one finale. So... If you listen to me recently, you know I think this, but the Korra book one finale is underrated. It is genuinely very good. Um, the problem is that it's awful as a conclusion to the Amon and Equalist arc. Like, it's just really bad. <laughs> like, it just kind of disqualifies all of the awesome stuff that they did with Amon earlier in the season. Um, but if you really just take those two episodes on their own, it's really pretty good. I, I like, try to watch those two episodes without having re- I did this. I went back and I rewatched uh, Korra, uh, two, what, 213, 214, uh, or 113, 114, without having seen the rest of, uh, book one again recently, K, K113, K114, and, um, it's, it's, they work, they work! The backstory for, uh, Amon works really well. The ties to, uh, to, uh, whatever his name was, right? Uh, work really well as brother, and, um, it's, it's, the backstory's great, like, every, the thing with the wolves is, like, haunting, like, uh, just, just, that, that whole flashback sequence is very good. And then, 
it's one of the it's like it's a very strong part one of a finale like even compared to the two the, the, to the greats of Korra's book three and four and uh, Avatar books one and two even if you compare like the part one of that finale is super strong it holds up um, part two like obviously not as good as anything we've talked about here but uh, it it's it's like super competent uh, the Amon stuff uh, not satisfying is very good you have um, an incredible, incredible moment. Uh, Tarlock, with Varric and Tarlock uh, on the boat. It's, or not Varric, yeah, I keep wanting to say Varric, right? Because they're similar, but um, uh, Noah Tuck and Tarlock on the boat is just absolutely, that scene is still so good, so good, so good. And um, everything with Korra and the epilogue from that is, like, fine and, like, pretty epic on its own. And it goes too fast and it's too random and weird, but it's great. Um, so, I, I, like, I think this is a really good finale. Like, it's not in the tier of the first five, but I do think it's a tier above the book two finale, and I think it's very good, and I think it's, um, unfairly criticized, because I, I actually think Mike and Brian, like, produced a, like, pretty good finale on their first try of writing on their own. So, uh, in terms of Korra book one, only, only them as writers. So, I don't know, kind of impressive finale. Okay, so uh, next is, um, and last, is the Gora Book 2 finale, of course. So, let's be clear. These two episodes are good. And I'm talking about um, K211 and 2.12, right? Isn't that how that worked? Uh, book 1 was 14, Book 2 was 12. So, K211, K212. These are two good episodes of television. But compared to anything I've just talked about, really just lacking. This is the epitome. This is it's like it's like Mike and Brian like had to be their most Mike and Brian-y before they could let go. Like you have to let go of uh Qatar, right? Like they had to be their most Mike and Brian-y, they had to have the most absurd random things happen for no good reason, the most uh only care about visuals, don't care at all about the story and the in what's happening uh, in in the finale before uh, you know before uh, when when the season's ending I don't know what I was to say before before they can actually truly care about story and plot arcs and characters um, and it's just not good like just the giant uh, spirit I don't know what, what did we call them we called them like the uh, the uh, Pacific Rim type things right like. Uh, or was or was that the or was that the the uh, the Colossus? I don't even know what people refer to. But yeah, Korra, giant spirit Korra versus um, uh, giant uh, dark avatar Unalak, right? Like uh, underrated is the visuals to me. Like no, I'm not going to even get into that. But uh, yeah, underrated is the visuals. The, just the use of color, and this is like any, on, in this finale is like on it is not like anything else that we saw from either series, and it's kind of truly stunning visually. Um, it's like all flash, no substance, uh, right? But like the flash to a certain extent is enough. The Genora Dex is like all flash, no substance, but it's to a certain extent cool enough, right, that it works. I mean, I don't think it, like, works, works, but it's, like, fine. Um, the big, like, the problems with this is just, like, nothing of relevance. Uh, I don't know. Nothing, uh, I, I, I'm not, I don't think of this finale and I think, wow, this awesome thing happened. Like, I don't look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, that time when Unalak merged with Vatu and they became the Dark Avatar. Like, like the reverence I spoke of which with, I spoke of the Avatar, uh, book one finale with, uh, it's just, there's, like, nothing there. Like, beating the past lives out of Vatu. Like, I mean, I, it's not Delaney levels of hate for that, but, uh, it's, like, it's whatever, right? That, uh, I don't, I didn't really care about that. The pro big problem is that Unalak is just a terrible, terrible character. And, um, even though Vatu is the greatest thing since Zhao, uh, He's, it, it doesn't make up it doesn't make up for Unalak being as, as bad as he is and um, the dark avatar concept is just so dumb <laughs> so dumb and uh, everything that they do like I don't know it's just it's just all kind of dumb we even have this plot line with um, with uh, the adults in the spirit world and it's like also kind of dumb and um, 
we have the talking great Isle mushroom. I guess that's one of the benefits of the <laughs> of the finale. But yeah, like whatever. It's 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 uh, it's not great plot wise. It's great visually. There's some good action sequences, of course. And like, uh, I don't know. I still think it's good. Um, honestly, what I, all I just all that I remember is what I just listed. I'm gonna have to go back and uh, and watch it again. Jk, no, I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah, I might watch it again. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's better than most of what's in book two, right? So uh, still, like, look looking back, they went seven for seven on quality season finales. I know it the the discourse surrounding book two is that is that you wouldn't conclude that, but they really do go seven for seven. Those are all good finales. Like I know the book two one's not great, but it's it's they're incapable of making a bad finale. I've probably said that before. And they also go five for seven in like really good finales. And like the sit number six is also very good. So that's just like an incredible track record. Obviously, a lot of the best after Encore episodes were all in finales. Um, it's uh, I also like fail to see this like level of incredible and epicness from other shows that I get from that I got from Avatar and Korra finales. Like, I it's other shows don't work like it, but like uh, the extent to which. Um, to which, uh, like, just the, the epic stuff happens, and, um, it's, uh, like, emotionally affecting and incredible plot-wise, and, like, um, just these big moments. It's, like, it's not, re- like, recreated in almost any other show I've seen. Like, I think to the Steven Universe season one finale, and I'm, like, okay, like, this is kind of close to Avatar. Like, like, they kind of, they kind of pull off, like, the, uh, the heights you need to go to for a finale. I actually think the Steven Universe season one finale is, like, super modeled on Avatar finales. Like, mythological expansion. Like, you can just... What I've said about uh, Avatar season one finale, like, just apply that all to the Steven Universe finale. I mean, there's nothing like the big twist with Garner, right? But um, mythological expansion within the context of big things happening, um, emotionally affecting moments, right? It just... It takes a lot of the the Avatar season finale template, which isn't original. It's, it's, big thing happen, big things happen in the finale. That's not, like, exclusive to Avatar, but, um, that's, like, closer to the heights that I've seen. And, uh, it's just, season finales are also everyone's favorites. They're also what you, you cite. It's just, like, it's, it's a lot of what's informed my, you gotta stick the ending opinion. That's, that's something I've kind of espoused, uh, the past few years, is that, Looking in the context of a season, it's super important to stick the ending. The last few episodes are the most important. The ending of a movie is the most important. Like, I really do believe that. And, um... And, uh, a big reason why I think that is that people care about these finales much more than they do uh, a regular episode. They're so much more important. It's just, it's, it's the impression you're left with of the season. It's the payoff, it's the ending, it's the climax, it's the most important part. It's really important to nail it. And uh, I think Avatar and Korra did kind of every time. I don't. I wouldn't describe the Korra book two finale as nailing it, but um, I also don't know how you would have nailed that season, right? Like, it's, it's kind of impossible to pull off correctly given what it was before. And, random note, it, maybe it seems like I'm saying the uh, Korra book two was, like, awful, but no, it wasn't, it was fine. Um... So, uh, yeah, so there we go. Let me know what you thought of these, um, of these, my rankings for these seven finales. Any thoughts I espoused here? I used that word once and I have to use it twice, right? Um, I'm not home yet, but, but I think I'm talked out at this point. 17 minutes left. We'll see if I run into this, uh, this major accident. I think it's after where I am. I think the exits are going up and over number, and mine is well before that, but, um, yeah, uh, that's, that's all for this week, so I'm gonna try to do these every week, let me know feedback, please tell me if you have any ideas for me to talk about, like, there's a few topics I want to get into, but I, I'm just like, I don't know if I'm confident enough to monologue for 45 minutes on it, I want to get into sexism in anime, um, that's something I've talked about before on my Tumblr or something, and I think I'm just not necessarily super confident I'll talk about that intelligently, like how much anime have I watched recently, but um, I want to get into that. I want to get into um, 
my dislike for brooding male characters. I think that'd be an interesting solo cast on that. I want to get into season finales. So those are the ones I have so far. That type of type thing, right? Like, anything that you think. Uh, even if it's not related to animation, like, I don't, like, I don't think I want to do, like, a hundred season, a hundred season recap or something. Well, we'll see. Um, but, I don't know, maybe, maybe I will. So, yeah, I'm Dylan Heisen. Um, set, let me know what you thought on probably send me an ask on tumblr dylanova.tumblr.com um you can also comment on this podcast at overlyanimated.com um if you're watching on youtube you can comment on the youtube video uh, i do respond to those comments and uh overlyanimated.com for everything about the podcast do give me your feedback thanks thanks for if you're listening now thank you for listening to me talking for an hour i think it's like an hour at this point right um which is kind of dumb but maybe even over an hour uh, but yeah, thank you, thank you for listening, and, uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash animated. um, our current, pa- thank you to our current patrons, <laughs> don't have a list in front of me, Shayna, Mitch Cordell, Beatrice, Nate, Andy, Jamie, and Rachel, there you go, aka Haina, Fever, Mitch Cordell, University, Beatrice, James, Buzz Like Your Mailman, and Rachel Rose, I think that was it, I think I just got it, so, talk for like two seconds about the patron system um no i do i really want to talk about that anyway it's our only method of revenue basically like i do no ads on the podcast right now and I'm, we're doing multiple podcasts per week consider supporting us on patreon i believe that that's the best content uh, support system watch our video on patreon.com slash overly animated it's a little old now but there's a youtube video of me and mel uh talking about i mean it's actually it's probably not in depth enough but it's like you pay for stuff that you listen to voluntarily. Like, I'm never going to make the podcast uh, money to download. I'm, I might put ads on it if people, like, I would probably do that because we're not getting enough. But if we got enough from Patreon, I wouldn't, right? So, uh, yeah, I would consi- cons- consider supporting there. That being said, I know a lot of you, uh, are, we, we skew young and people, like, don't have money to expend, right? So I understand it's, I, I have a flawed demographic if I want to make money off the podcast. I'm aware. It's, it's a uh, non-solvable problem. So, uh, yeah, I'll be back next week, I guess, solo casting. Unless things change, our next podcast is going to be Mean Delaney on Miraculous Ladybug Sunday night. Um, we'll see if me and Sam do a movie or, like, me and anyone else do a movie or something. Uh, but as of now, I don't think so. So... Yeah, but next week, let me know topic ideas, and we'll see. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. I will see you next time. Bye.